that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Welcome in sports talker TJ Walker. A little bit waiting for him to get connected as he is uh, coming back from Lexington Live from UK Media Days. Thought we had him there, but no longer uh, listening to us. So we'll hopefully get him connected as he's waiting to figure out how to turn on a connection. A lot to get into. I'm sure he'll talk about a lot of the quotes. At some point, maybe we'll figure out whether Scott Labissier will be eligible for the first game or not. I think he said he might be. I think at least once he dropped it, he would be available for the first game. We'll have to wait and see and verify that with TJ until we can get him connected and his mic is on if he's listening. Uh, you just jump in whenever you want, and I did say Lebissier on purpose. And I'll try to give you my full confidence and, and full attention while I am talking about this as currently going on the Blue Jays in Toronto in Game 5, which I was hoping maybe TJ would talk and I wouldn't say a word today while I watch this game and it's not starting out too well. Start as the Blue Jays already down one nothing with one man on and only one out in the top of the first. So not a good start for me as well as we try to lock TJ in. As I'm gonna, I don't know if he can hear me. I'm gonna connect with him as well as best I can, and we'll get information from him as we'll talk about the Auburn game a little later on today, as well as of course we'll talk about the UK media day. At least you, TJ will. And I'm just sit here and ignore him, and hopefully he doesn't go to me as much so I can cuss and yell about the Toronto Blue Jay game. TJ, are you with me? I'm here. Uh, what, what What's going on? I don't know. I, I really wish – I didn't want to – I don't want to pay attention to this show. I, I want I want to let you talk about Sky Labissier, Labissier, and how he's told everyone about a thousand times he's going to be eligible for game one. I want you to talk about how – Cal wants to, instead of winning national titles, to coach half the NBA All-Star game. I want you to talk about the media days today. Well, I turn my mic off, ignore you, and, and cuss at Marcus Stroman for giving up one run and two pitches in the beginning of Toronto's Game 5. But, you know, here you are delaying me and making me suffer on the air without trying not to cuss. All right, well, here's, here's why we had the delay. And that's because I'm coming back from Lexington. I left media day early to try to make it back. And even when I left, I didn't think I was going to make it on time. Best case scenario, I thought I was going to be back by the second segment. We were going to have to do the first segment on my phone. Well, it gets to be 4 o'clock, and I'm literally two minutes away from my house. So I just told Trevor, try to hold off a little bit longer. I'll get home. We won't have to do any on the phone. We'll do it uh, through the microphones, through computer. It'll sound much better. Just wait two more minutes. And I get here, and then we're having problems connecting, so that caused a, a longer delay. But here we are now, and I'm excited. I The entire ride back, I was thinking, all right, this is going to be a fun show. There's a lot to talk about. And then I found out, Trevor, you don't want to participate. I mean, I'll participate at commercial breaks, which is what, which is currently going on right now as the Blue Jays get out of the inning, only down one nothing. So I apologize for the late start. There is a good reason why. It's not like I was – Forgot about my radio show, but don't uh, lie. You it, went to a it, you went to an afternoon movie and it ran. You went to the late start without thinking it was two hour movie, and that's why you're like you didn't go to any Kentucky media. Don't lie to us. It's you been a saw busy, the Martian. It's been a busy day. I uh, had to, got up early and did my workout routines, and then went to Lexington. Heard John Calipari talk for forty five minutes. It's, it's a, that's a light day. It's the longest you'll get him. And then hell, he's not a talker. He's not. 
Rick Pitino will sit down with media and talk forever. John Calipari, before games and stuff like that, he's a quick 15, if that. Uh, but 45 <laughs> Was that a minutes, Pitino joke, by the way? No, 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 no. A quick quick 15 minutes, which would be a lifetime in Patino years. But uh, no, I, I, I don't mean that. That was not an intentional Patino joke. But, um, but a lot to say, a lot to talk about. Then we were able to go talk to the players. And uh, I did cut that short. I was in there for probably about 20, 25 minutes. I got everything I needed to get for stories. You, you, didn't, you didn't need left. to hear Labissier say, I expect to play the first game about for another 20 minutes? <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, I, I did actually go over and talk to uh, Labissier <laughs> and, and heard what he had to say. He is just the most one of the most polite athletes I've ever ever spoken with, and uh, he, he, I don't know, maybe I'm getting older, but when I interview him, it does feel like I'm talking to not a, it's still talking to a high school kid. He seems so young, but he is very polite, very nice. Uh, talked to a lot of guys, so we'll talk. We'll we'll touch on what was important from UK's Basketball Media Day, some of the things that stood out. You can go to CatsIllustrated.com, and you can read the top ten things that stood out for me from John Calipari. And while he did talk for 45 minutes today, Trevor, he was feisty. Feisty. He did not want to answer questions about Scalabissier. He answered the first one, and then he didn't really want anybody else asking any other questions about it. And guess who, who tried to... To get more out of him, if you had to guess one media member that would try to get more out of John Calipari about Scalabissier, who would it be? Uh, Jerry Tipton. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I didn't even need three guesses for that one. Can that be on our throwback trivia question day? That is correct. <laughs> That's uh, you're absolutely right. It was Jerry Tipton, and Cal was pretty sarcastic in answering him the first time. Uh, you could tell he was kind of bothered by it. And he said, "You know, I don't want to talk about it. I already answered it. Let's move on." But then the second time, well, let's say this. The first time he did just shake his head and kind of disgust, and it was kind of awkward. But he did play it off and, and kind of laugh it off. The second time, maybe it was the third time, it was asked a few times from Jerry Tipton. He was trying different angles. He was trying to get in and get an answer. John Calipari never allowed it. Uh, but the final time he asked, Jerry, John Calipari just said, uh, Jerry, I already answered this. I'm not talking about it. Next question. Yeah, I, I saw Jerry's name dropped in a few quotes uh, off other media writers. That's how I was able to guess him pretty easily, though. Not that I wouldn't have guessed Jerry to begin with. He's fine, Jerry. Next question. I'm not answering it. I already answered the stuff. You're done, he said. You're done. Next question. And UK fans, they're not too fond of Jerry Tipton. I've, I like Jerry. He's a nice guy. I, you know, I, Does he dislike Calipari? I don't know, but... Uh, he's a nice guy, but UK fans don't like him, so they love to hear him shut down with questions. But it was interesting. It was awkward. I uh, did get a uh, – I, I, I asked a question surrounding the NCAA and how a lot of programs are in trouble. I didn't want to come out and say, well, Louisville got in trouble. What do you guys do to prevent that? I didn't want to do that. Uh, but I did ask a question just because hey, Louisville's not the only program getting in trouble by the NCAA. You've got UNC, Syracuse, SMU. But it is There's the only plenty. program 70 miles away. It is. You're right about that. You're correct about that. So I just wanted to know what they, if this was kind of an eye-opening experience for them, how do they handle compliance? Do they meet? Do they do this? Do they do that? Uh, and John Calipari said, we have meetings, monthly meetings, where we talk about change or what's happened in a program to make sure we know so that we're on top of it. We, ha we have our entire staff there. It's done a lot here. 
And uh, being at Kentucky, we know all about compliance. We make up rules here. Uh, we'll say that's not a rule, but, well, we just think it's close. It's not a rule, but we, we'll go overboard, uh, and that's fine. So they're basically saying that he's they're more strict about stuff. Uh, they, they don't take any chances. So UK fans wondering. Because, you, you know, when you hear this stuff about Louisville and you genuinely do believe that Rick Pitino didn't know about it, Trevor, you do wonder, okay, well, then stuff like this could happen everywhere, which theoretically it could. So you wonder how coaching staffs stay on top of this stuff. You're meeting once a month. You like to think, and I'm sure Louisville probably did something similar. Uh, you know, I don't know if they met once a month, how often they met with compliance, but I'm sure they did have uh, at least yearly meetings where they went over everything. But stuff can slip through the cracks. So you, if you're a fan, you do want your athletic program to be on top of it. Now, I asked that question not necessarily beating around the bush of Louisville, but it is topical, so I did want to know what they said. Tim Sullivan came out swinging. <laughs> I was going to gonna ask you how many people kind of asked about Patino and Louisville situation, to get how long that, that topic was discussed regarding the questions to Cal. I was the only one that asked, and I asked about midway through, and then right before the press conference was over, Tim Sullivan from the Courier-Journal just flat out said, here's his question. Have you had an opportunity to reach out to Rick Pitino the last couple weeks, and what would you tell him about the scrutiny he's facing? Uh, which now that I read that again, it almost seems like Tim Sullivan saying, hey, John Calipari, you've been uh, you've been caught up in the NCAA before. What, did you reach out to your buddy Rick? I, I'm surprised it took that long for somebody to bring it up, to be honest with you. I, 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 I am too. I really am too. And media days, and I don't want to get on my high horse and act like I'm some pristine terrific journalist of the year i'm not uh, but media day football and basketball this is where you get some uh, and i'm not talking ksr but this is where you get some blogs that you've never heard of before yeah. you'll get the uh the eastern kentucky sports blog emporium something <laughs> is that a know, real blog by the way no i don't hey. think so you'll get the kentucky connection uh i've never heard I, of them no, again, I'm making all these blogs. Oh, okay, up. I did, I, for all I know, I, you're telling the truth. <laughs> no, but there are just a ton of this is. There are just a ton of UK blogs. If you take one minute to go look for them, I can imagine. Some that, there, there's too many that you could even make up uh, without probably actually hitting on a real name. But anyways, these are the guys that come out to media days, and it's the only time you see them. They generally don't get credentialed for games, but media day, anybody can get credentialed. So I was, I, I thought for sure somebody would say. Hey, Coach, you've got a program a few miles down the road that likes to have hookers in their dorm rooms. <laughs> did you find that funny, and did you talk to did you talk to Rick about it? Uh, but there was none of that. People were people didn't talk about it. People didn't ask about it until Tim Sullivan's. Uh, and I I read the question for you, Rick Patino's answer or Rick, John Calipari's answer, excuse me, about Rick Patino. I thought was pretty classy. And here's what he had to say. Uh, he said, "I have not reached out to Rick Patino." But I would say I hope it's not true. If any of it is, it's not good for college basketball. It's not the norm. And I would say this. If any of it is true, I can't believe Rick would know anything about it just knowing him as I do. But no, I haven't reached out. I just didn't think it was appropriate. Trevor, thoughts on that comment? Uh, you, perfect politically correct uh, answer. I mean, that's, 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 the, that's the, the cliche answer you want to give. I mean, I don't know if I'd say cliche is the right term, but... The right answer. I mean, you, 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 that's that's the appropriate answer for Cal. I'm sure he – I would like to think he probably went into this press conference with that answer probably in the back of his mind if asked. And if it was asked again from another reporter, he probably would have given the exact same answer similar to LeBessier, LeBessier 
and uh, but maybe worded it just slightly different, but it's probably the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised. I he was he I, he had to have been away. I mean, he can't not go into this not thinking that someone's not going to ask. And then yes, if it was North Carolina going on with this, or even Duke or UCLA, any other school, Ohio State, Indiana, for even then it wouldn't be brought up. But it is Louisville. And if this was happening at Kentucky and Patino at Patino at Louisville Media Day, someone would ask Patino about it involving Cal. I guarantee as Absolutely. well. So Absolutely. I, I, I'm surprised it went as long. I'm, I guess I'm not surprised it wasn't one of the first questions asked because there's too many other questions to be asked, including the eligibility of Scal, but or the question of the eligibility of Scal well, or whatever it may be, or and other players coming into the team. You have obviously a new turnover as you do every year. But I am shocked it didn't get asked a little quicker than midway through, and I'm really kind of surprised it was only asked once. And I, I really don't want to be on my media high horse here because – Again, there are media members on the UK beat that are much better at their job than I am. But I was a little disappointed with the questions. And obviously, Calipari cut off the Labissiere questions right from the get-go. He can only give you the same answer every time. He probably gets Exactly, annoyed, but it, you know, there was other angles to that. You could have asked about the SI story. He could have talked more about it, but it, it's understandable that he cut it off right away. Under, completely understandable. But I was still, you know... I do want to. I do want to hear John Calipari's opinion on the NCAA, and that's why I did ask that question. I do want to hear his opinion on the Louisville stuff, and I'm glad Tim Sullivan was very direct in asking that question. I, there was, and I understand it. It's media day. You're previewing this upcoming season. There's just so many questions about players that one are just kind of softball questions and answers. Yeah, we think he's going to be good. We hope he improves this, that, and the other. But we'll get all that as the year goes on, Trevor. I want to know about stuff that we can't really bring up randomly throughout the year. Uh, so I, I asked him about. I, 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 I can imagine you were sitting there looking around the room, and everyone in that room was probably in their heads going, Should I ask the question about Patino? Should I ask it? I don't want to ask it. Is he going to be mad at me? And then finally, Dan Sullivan, who's the West Coast guy, not from here, a San Diego native, was like, You know what? Screw it. What do you think about hookers and prostitutes in a dorm room, Cal? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it, you know, we can get questions on how so-and-so is improving, what Tyler Ulyss needs to do differently. And I'm okay with some of those questions, but he spoke for 45 minutes. I want to know, hey, John, you, you missed out on so many recruits last year. Then you were able to get a few more. How, what, what happened there? You know, are you, did you feel like you had to scramble? Are you happy with the guys you got? So I asked a question about that. Uh, and he said it was important to get those guys late, but it's funny how things work. You know, I kind of say fate intervenes a lot, and he does say that a lot. Uh, you lose some guys, and when you lose some recruits, and when you get who you get, you say, thank goodness we missed on those recruits. We lost some guys. I mean, that's how stuff plays out. And again, not every kid's going to want to come to Kentucky. This is a different deal, and I accept that. What we're trying to find out is who wants us and who do we want. And let's be better at that. Let's really know that someone wants us or someone uh, we've become a little bit, uh, and he kind of goes off for a little bit, but we've sort of become a little bit like Hawaii. Everybody wants to visit, but not everybody wants to come. And that was a pretty good quote. We're kind of like Hawaii. Everybody wants to visit. They all don't want to come. And the way I took that, Trevor, was John Calipari saying, hey, uh, recruits, don't bother coming here unless you really want to come here. Don't let us pay for all your stuff, roll out the red carpet for you. You see Drake, you see Big Blue Madness, if you're not serious about coming. I have almost feel like he was challenging recruits by saying that quote. It's kind of a, kind of a, in, in the devil's advocate side, it's kind of a stuck-up quote, though. I mean, it's basically saying, well, if you, 
you know what? If you if you're if you're not going to just commit to us right away, commit to us, then don't even bother even considering us. Don't don't you know? Don't waste our time. That's kind of a, uh, a stuck up attitude if you look at it in a direct a different way. Even, I though, I, even though I thought the quote was kind of funny. I, I no, I I I get your devil's advocate side of that, but it's I, I think here's what John. So let me give you a brief history of John Calipari as the recruiter at Kentucky. He started with a bang. Kentucky was cool again, blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of, he, 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 he might have got ahead of himself a bit where he said, all right, we're going to get who we want to get. We're going to get the best players because they want to go to the NBA. And that worked until other schools were able to successfully land one and dones and send guys to the NBA. So and then his approach had to change a bit, and he didn't change it. So that's when he started missing out on guys. You know, you had Shabazz Muhammad go elsewhere. He was still getting some of them. But not landing as as high as a percentage as he normally was. The newness then, wore off a little bit, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And then it eventually unfolded into this year, where he still kind of had that same approach, but then he started going after more guys, and then he ended up missing a lot of guys. And now he's at the point where he is not scared. He was scared to offer people, not scared to offer people, but he wanted the Kentucky offer to mean something. So if he offered a guy, uh, let's say. He offered a 2015 guy in February, you know, two, three months before they graduate high school. The kid might say, well, other schools have been on me longer. John Calipari would say, well, the Kentucky offer means something. We don't want to hand it away to somebody unless we know for sure that they're going to be a future NBA or this and that. And that was his approach. Now he's he's scrapped that because it's not working. And he's he's handing out offers like Halloween candy. And it's it's trick-or-treating season. But that's different for him, and he doesn't really like doing it this way, but he knows he has to. He has to be – recruits have to say, oh, well, they've been on me for a while now. And long story short, you've got a guy like Markel Fultz who ended up committing to Washington who was begging and begging for a U.K. offer, Trevor, he, and then he came to visit, and then he said, okay, well, I just wanted to say that I had U.K. on my list and that I was a serious priority for them. I'm just going to go to Washington. And that pisses John Calipari off. There's no – doubt about it well i mean he, he doesn't, I understand he doesn't like, that would make you any coach mad but it's just part of the nature of the beast i mean i'm sure he's i'm sure he's acted like he's looking at a kid just to get another kid jealous as well i don't know if he has done that maybe he has i think the guys he looks at he genuinely wants maybe now that'll change because he's looking at so many other guys and, and he will pressure some people to commit there one time he did do that was when shane behannon was visiting louisville he goes and offers Kyle Wilcher, and Wilcher commits on the spot. And I don't know if he, I, I, you know, I don't know which one of those two he would have rather had. <laughs> and even going back right now, I don't know which one you'd rather. Yeah, have. it's Knowing- still a tough decision. I mean, Shane. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's when you do you take all the pros and cons between the two of them. Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, Shane Behan was a much better player early on, but now you've got Kyle Wilcher, who's pre- CBS's preseason player of the year. But at Gonzaga, uh, but. But at Gonzaga and a much he's developed developed at a snail's pace, where Shane Behannon was just mean, rough, nasty from day one. Uh, Louisville probably doesn't win the national title without him. I don't know if Kyle will be listed in a, a book called Breaking Cardinal Rule, the, the stories of an escort queen, though either. But also Shane Behannon loved some of that green stuff and also loved hookers and dorms rooms allegedly. <laughs> so and, you know, you gotta, it is defense. Who doesn't? <laughs> You got to take the good with the bad. That was one time that maybe Calipari pressured a recruit. Uh, but, it, uh, you know, he's going to have a lot of guys coming for Big Blue Madness, Trevor. And you better believe that these guys are going to hear this quote. This might be Calipari's new shtick. This might be something that you're going to hear throughout the season that 
we're kind of like Hawaii. Everybody wants to visit, but they all don't want to come here. So basically challenging them. Hey, if you want to come to Kentucky to visit us, you better be thinking that you can play here. And ultimately, maybe it, it, Kentucky isn't for everybody. And if that's the case, that's fine. But don't play me. And I, I, don't play me, and I'll be able to figure it out if it does. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a pretty good quote. If, he, uh, if he's referring to people who just want to use Kentucky. I'm sorry, go on. You no, know, he's. I really do feel like he's challenging recruits. People talk about Big Blue Madness and how fun it is. You meet Drake, blah blah blah. I think Calipari's kind of sick of that stuff. And, and no, and if, and if he's referring to like the example you mentioned of the player that they really just wanted to use him as leverage to maybe get a scholarship from Washington, and had no interest to come in. Then yeah, I understand that. But again, if if he's talking about basically an example like if you go up to a lady at the bar and say, hey. You know, do you want to come home with me? But we're not just going to watch movies and cuddle. If I'm not getting any, then you might just I'm going to go talk to your friend over there. Then, then that kind of comes off as kind of douchery. Netflix and chill. You talking about <laughs> Netflix and chill? Yeah. If I went to Netflix and chill, I'd stay at home with my right hands. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, we're going to head to. On that note, we're going to head to our first commercial break. Sorry for the delay, but we're back. We'll be here till five thirty. We've got a huge. Huge football game to talk about. We've got more from Media Day. You can tweet into the show at T Walker Rivals. You can call into the show, Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram Buzzline 502 384 Get pumped. The weather's beautiful. Everything's great right now in the land of Kentucky. So we'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Bus. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? About nothing and everything all at once I am one of those melodramatic fools Neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it You're not just telling us what we want to hear. No, sir, no way. Because we just want to hear the truth. Well, then I guess I am telling you what you want to hear. Boy, didn't we just tell you not to do that? Yes, sir. Okay, then. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. We're back here, fourteen fifty. The sports buzz. Trevor, did you watch the Democratic uh, debate yesterday? <laughs> no, I watched the thirty on thirty uh, Trojan War last night. I did not watch that. I went and saw the Martian. Which, by the way, then, wasn't bad. I thought it was ironic, kind of a t- uh, twist of uh, timing. They would air that the day after, uh, or I guess seventy-two hours after the whole uh, Sarcasian thing would go down. Or they've probably been talking. They've probably been having that plan date forever and they're not going to yeah. change it just because of that it was good the only annoying part is how they kept talking about them going for the three-peat against texas and it just annoys me because they technically weren't the 2003 national champion lsu was they won yeah. they got the ap award but the technique if you look up in history national champion is lsu so it just it, it would it, it annoyed me over and over how they kept talking about it and then finally when they won the 2004 they talked talked about the 04 title that's when the first time in the entire documentary they mentioned the bcs being the championship trophy they didn't say a word about it in 03. And then as soon as they won the 04 one, they were like, oh, well, they finally won the BCS title. I'm like, you, you idiots. Well, well, no spoilers. I'm going to watch it tonight. Okay. It's going to be a busy TV night for me. But, you got uh, Royals and Astros, too, later. 
and then I got American Horror Story. Oh wow, your DVR is going to be South going Park nice. and Survivor. Wow, I don't I don't know what I'm going to well, do. Well, but before you go into that, uh, how was The Martian? Martian was okay. I I just feel like that movie's so tough to make great. A movie with that kind of setup is so tough to make great. I, I seen that your Blue Jays just got a hit. Uh, yeah, it's two on with uh, no outs, and the man it, uh, that <clears throat> when we went to break, as you heard me uh, probably cussing off the air about. Them calling a guy safe at third. He was ruled out. So, uh, yeah, the Blue Jays are making a run now. All right. A little uh, no-out thunder for the for the Blue Jays. <laughs> Martian was okay. It's so tough to make a movie like that. Uh, you can make it exciting. You can make it fun. And, and the Martian was all those things. But it's very tough to not make a movie like that so predictable. It was very predictable. <laughs> you know you know exactly what's going to happen. Do I, need, do I need to just say no spoilers when you say that probably he makes it out alive? I, you know, I'm not going to say one way or the other, but follow your heart when you're going to watch that movie. Now, some movies saying, don't do that. Some movies end on a do a down note. Like uh, again, if you, I'm spoiling it for somebody, if it's been out a year, I don't care. Gravity, for an example, it was kind of a kind of a not a your typical. Well, not necessarily. No, 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 no. Because that's different. That's you know, people are in that together and stuff like that. Even yeah. that stuff sort sort of predictable because you know maybe a lot of times it might not they. Both might not make it out alive, but you got a good shot. One will, yeah. And but when it's one person by themselves, and you, you know, you had uh, what was it? The I Mel Gibson movie. Uh, well, you got to be a little more specific when you say that. I mean, like what? Passion of the Christ? <laughs> no. I mean, I kind of uh, knew how that was going to end too. <laughs> not, not, no, not, <laughs> not, not, uh, not Mel Gibson. Um. Oh gosh, who am I thinking of? I, that guy in that movie. No, I'll, I'll come. I'll come back to you because I don't <laughs> want to give any more hint because I should know this. You, uh, you know, surprisingly, I'm someone who worked in as many video stores as I did back in the '90s. Uh, that you're not the first person to come up to me with, "What's that guy in that movie with that one guy? What's that called again?" Oh, I'll I'll figure it out. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you more hints. But you know, when it's one person by themselves, you kind of know what's gonna happen. You get so invested in that care character. Armageddon was kind of a twist at the end. You, uh, I guess you didn't really expect Bruce Willis to die. I'm thinking. I'm not. I, I said Mel Gibson. I'm an idiot. I'm thinking of Tom Hanks and that. <laughs> just, 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 just knowing Tom Hanks it was Castaway. Okay, Castaway. Yeah, yeah I'm an yeah. idiot. It's been well, a long day, Trevor. For first of all, if you ever saw the previews for Castaway, they gave it away in the previews to begin with that he makes it back. I mean, it, well, a it's a true story if you really want to look it up, and b if you'd watched the previews of the movie. You would notice that in the previews, so I remembered this because that's one reason I didn't want to go see the movie because I knew the ending. They show previews in the previews. They would show him talking back to Helen Hunt in the end of the movie, so you knew he made it back anyway. So it was kind of like, okay, why do I really want to spend two and a half hours now watching him talk to a beach ball or a no, volleyball? The Mar- but the Martian was okay. If, if I, w- I don't know if I'd recommend going and spending money on it, but it's if you're you just want to be entertained for a night and watch a movie. HBO, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's a good movie. I don't want to rip it. Um, <laughs> it's HBO then. Did That's... watch the Democratic debate though, which was interesting. It, it's I I like watching these debates and I, I like kind of following politics maybe an arm's length away. Uh, it's so funny though how much more civil the Democratic debate is besides the Republic, except for the when you compare it to the Republican debate, and that's because one maybe you don't you only have four or five people on the stage. <laughs> like 20 opposed, on there. Opposed to nine or 10. Uh, but they, 
they're they were much nicer for the most part. And there's just it really is just going to come down to just two of those candidates and the other three that were there. You could just you just knew they've had no chance. It's still kind of funny, but uh, much more civil, not as not as exciting, not as sexy to watch, Trevor, uh, but still entertaining. I, I, I'm know, sorry. I, did you say the Republican convention is more sexier? It's a little sexier, yeah. I, I just, I just have, I listen. Somebody who doesn't follow politics heavily. It's still, it's still hard to believe that you can say that the Republicans are sexier than anything, anything or anybody. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that they are, but the debate's a little spicier. It's got a little okay. bit more going on. You're watching it, and people are going to take shots at one, one another. More cutthroat because there's more, uh, more people fighting for the one spot is what you're saying. Exactly, and it's, and it's, it is open. It's completely open. Uh, you, you know, in the. Democratic debate, uh, or the who's going to get the Democratic nomination? It's going to be Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders, as long as Joe Biden is is still just chilling out, not doing much. Dude, called <laughs> called strike three against your Blue Jays. Yeah, I muted the mic when I yelled. Uh, that was. I'll let you fill in the blank. I think it was a good call. I think uh, you're crazy. <laughs> let's see. They're seeing the replay again. It was a little low. It's just another example of why Tulowitzki's Whiskey not happy about oh, it. Oh man, not happy about his entire postseason right now. Yeah, but you know, but you know, Bernie Sanders or Clinton's going to win it. So it's basically just which one of those two is going to mess up first. So they're being really <laughs> conservative. They're they're being really conservative in their debates. Where in the Republican, you kind of have to make a scene to get people to pay attention to you, and that's to help your ratings. So so, so one so one party is is basically full of people running the ball and eating the clock, while the other one is 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 people running no huddle offense to try to score points and come back. Exactly. Okay. Spot on. Great analogy. So uh, it, it was entertaining. Well, let's let's touch on Scalabissier. Labissier again. <laughs> I need to put another dollar in the jar, Trevor. The scal jar. Should I keep a scal jar here for you? Another dollar in the jar. Okay. So kind of getting the feel of Kentucky fans is all this attention brought to him has UK fans nervous and a lot more nervous than they were a week ago. And Calipari, some of them, they like that he kind of shut down Jerry Tipton. Anything that happens to Jerry Tipton, they like. <laughs> but, and, you know, that's mean. Be nice to Jerry Tipton. But um, He's old. He's, just, <laughs> he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a nice guy. But they didn't, some of them, while they liked the shutting down Jerry Tipton, they didn't like that he refused to talk about it. And, and maybe it was from the school of thought, well, if there's nothing to hide, why don't you talk about it? If you're so sure, why not talk about it? I guess you could play devil's advocate in that sense, Trevor, and say, okay, he knows he's going to be eligible and he's just sick of having to discuss it. And all he wants to do is have people wait and see, show that he's right. But on the flip side, you know, you know, people are going to ask you about it and you got to handle it a little better. And I'll, I would agree with that. I think you do have to handle that situation a little bit better. Um, but I still am not nervous and you still should not be nervous. I don't think John Calipari would have said as much as he did today, although he didn't want to talk about it a lot. His initial quote was pretty telling. Uh, Everything's good to go like we do here. It's on the first day is when they, you know, hear from the NCAA. Uh, You you know, we've got to go through the process. He said there's 50 players that go through this stuff. He said there, he said there was five UK players last year that went through this. I'm not buying that by the way, there might've been one or two, but there was not five players that had to, had to go through this. Um, he said a couple got cleared the week before the, the first game, but just nobody knew about it. 
He said this is pretty much normal. He said that, that would fly if this was nineteen like ninety one maybe, but in the internet age, we know about it. He says, uh, and I don't doubt there were some UK guys last year that maybe went through this and it wasn't made to be a big deal. But you also didn't have any UK guys last year that their AU coaches were saying that they were asked to pay money for. <laughs> and told and told and told ESPN.com that that he was uh, didn't even know if his own kid would be eligible. And you. Um, but he said, I, I think my team is going to be fine. You guys will figure it out when they we are at the first game and everybody's got uniforms on. Uh, so he didn't seem too concerned. So it looks like the Blue Jays didn't come away with much there, Trevor. Yeah, yeah keep talking. Yeah, keep going. You don't, have, you don't have to stop for me. Okay. I won't <laughs> stop. I, I won't stop, Trevor. I saw Kevin Pillar strike out with two men on, Yeah, which should have been bases loaded with one out. But, you know, that's you know, how it goes. How's Bob anyway. Dylan still alive? <laughs> you're 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 still ahead of me. This is why uh, I don't leave a TV on during radio shows. This is why I never turn the TV on when I did the show because I get so sidetracked and with by my ADD of what's on the show on the television that I I, I lose track of what I'm talking about on the radio. But it's a good some question. People can't, some people can't. Some people can't handle it. It is a good legitimate question, though. I mean, how the hell is that dude still alive? But, you know, <laughs> you can't, some people can't handle the uh, multitasking. So long story short, I'm still not worried about it. John Calipari's anger or angst, I, I suppose, was interesting today. He does seem annoyed by the whole thing. I, I, my guess is, Trevor, and this is pure speculation, is that John Calipari is upset at Scalabissier's guardian, Gerald Hamilton, for talking to, to Jeff Goodman at ESPN. Cal does not like Jeff Goodman. Jeff Goodman was not like Cal. They are not shy about that, and I think that John Calipari is just upset that Gerald Hamilton talked to Goodman. Why doesn't he like Goodman? Uh, Goodman has never written anything positive about John Calipari. So he doesn't do an Andy Katz and suck up to him, so he doesn't like him for that reason? No, no, no. There's a fine line. Uh, there's a fine middle line there between not sucking up to somebody and not being a jerk. And, and I, I will say this. I know UK fans don't like Goodman and I, because I he was never, I, Gillespie. I very rarely say, you know what, it's clear he doesn't like him. Pat Forty, I don't think he loves Calipari. I don't think he has a problem against UK. He used to write nice things about UK when Nurk Coutinho was there. Yeah, he yeah. used to write nice things about UK when Tubby Smith was there. I just don't think he's – he might not be the biggest Calipari fan in the world. I don't think Jeff Goodman likes Calipari. I don't think he likes UK. I, and I, I think he likes to get the attention he does from UK fans by being playing the bad guy role. Now that Jeff, I agree with. Anytime I've talked to Jeff, I agree he does like the attention of playing the bad guy role a little bit, but not to where I don't. I've never gotten from from conversations with him that he doesn't like Cal personally, but he does enjoy kind of. I think sometimes he doesn't go out of his way to play the bad guy role to UK fans, but I think he does embrace it. Yeah, I, I do think he. I agree. He does embrace it and. I can understand why John Calipari didn't like him. Uh, Jeff Goodman still trashes NBA players that went to Kentucky. You know, he <laughs> hates DeMarcus Cousins. Hates yeah, him. Anytime DeMarcus Cousins is in the news for anything slightly negative, you can almost guarantee that Jeff Goodman is going to write about it, tweet about it, say, oh, big surprise. So <laughs> I, I, That's I, a lot I, of so people that aren't UK people, though, to do that. So, So I think part of the reason why – you saw John Calipari so upset today is because I think he's more upset at Scal's Guardian for yeah. turning this into a big story. I can see If that. he would have just said quiet and said, you know what, we don't know, we haven't heard anything, then nobody would have anything to run with. Nobody would say, yeah, he's still ineligible, blah, blah, blah. 
when in fact there are a lot of players that are still ineligible. So don't worry yet, Kentucky fans. I think everything will be okay. Any questions, Trevor? <laughs> Is what's the update on Scalabissier's eligibility for the beginning of the season? <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. I mean, I can't imagine, but I mean, you can ask the question so many times. I mean, and I don't expect no one not to ask the question to Cal, but uh, crap. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, that, that's yeah, Cal. That sucks. We just gave up a solo home run. <laughs> hey, Trevor. Okay, we're we're done talking Blue Jays and Rangers. Damn you, Sinsu Chu. Um, the old former Red. He's been a lot of teams. But back to yeah. now that I've cussed uh, an entire nation thanks to one player hitting a home run against Toronto uh, off the air when I muted that mic for that one. Uh, but, yeah, you can expect not to. I mean, I, you, but you know you know what he's going to say. I mean, that's that's one reason why I guess he would get annoyed with Jerry is because you don't expect it. We talked about this a couple weeks ago where I don't expect Cal to come out and say, you know what, I, I'm not feeling really confident about him being eligible. But you never hear him say that. They're never going to say that. I mean, you, you expect him to give a cookie-cutting answer. You have to still ask the question. You'd be not doing your job if you didn't. But you, you can't get mad at Cal for giving a cookie-cutter answer to the question to that question of his eligibility because that's what any coach is going to give you. No matter, It's not just Cal. If you go to Patina, he's going to give you the same thing. He might you know, give a little bit of a hot sauce on it because Kino is usually a little bit more, sometimes a little more outgoing with some of his answers because he doesn't really give a bleep about, you know, knows that, you know, He's at that point in his age where he's like, you know, I get off my lawn, you know, I'm, I'm, I can throw a little hot sauce on my cookie cutter answer. But 99% of coaches are going to give you that same answer. We expect it to be good. We expect it to uh, him to be here on time. We're very confident. And, and no, you're not going to hear any other answer from any other school talking about the eligibility of a player anywhere else. With when we had the went to the player segment of media day and they had a long break. Cal spoke at 11 a.m. and then we got lunch at noon. What'd you have? And, they every I can't I've been to media day I guess five or six years in a row now and I can't remember the last one where they didn't have chicken parm chicken parm <laughs> it tastes so good <laughs> every year they have it and now and even, now I walk around saying that's a first rate queso dip and it's not and it's not just media today they do it UK's go to is chicken parm and <laughs> it's pretty good. I like it. I have no complaints, it but it's just so good. It, it was like the Martian, just so predictable, <laughs> so predictable and not quite out of this world. You know, <laughs> I can see that. I mean, did you have, did you have some of it though? Yeah, I, obviously I'm not going to pass up on a free lunch. I'm not some sort of animal. You put ketchup on your chicken parm. I don't, I, I, I actually probably could, but I do not. I do not. Uh, it, it was pretty good. I'm not a big chicken a long... parm guy, though. I don't like. I don't like. The, I don't like marinara sauce, and it very much. And oh, a wanna... little secret. A little secret of the pros is to go to Subway and get a uh, get a chicken marinara, and they don't have it on the menu. But you just say, "Hey, can I get a chicken whatever? You know, just a chicken sub." And they put the chicken down, and then you say, "Is there any way you can just go to the meatball marinara and just take some marinara so- sauce and put it on there?" And then sometimes they'll look at you weird. Sometimes they'll say, I don't know if that's on the menu. And you say, eh, you can do it. I've done it before. They'll always do it. Tastes delicious. Well, I think you were, again, I'm not. I'm just not a huge marinara guy. Even when I get pizza, I get it with light sauce. It's, wow, that's weird. Yeah, it's I, almost I just, like eating a giant breadstick pie. It's almost what it is because I ask for extra light sauce. I, dis, uh, I, I disagree with your taste uh, there. But anyway, so we had a long break. Long story short, we get there. <laughs> Talk with the players now. I wasn't with Scal. There was, if I had to guess how many media members there, I'd maybe spitball 80, 
maybe 90, I don't know, somewhere in that ballpark. I would say maybe half of those 30 to 40 people were around Scalabissier, and they were waiting to get, in, to get here. So we get into the practice gym. They've got the name plates up, and they spread them out throughout the gym so you're not all crammed together. So at, once everybody saw where Labissier's nameplate was, <laughs> they all went to him. Did anyone call just, him Labissier during the during it? By the way, I don't know. I okay. no, probably not. Uh, so I I was like, okay, well, no, thank you. I'm not going to go wait behind three lines of people just to stick my recorder up there to see if I can get a quote because they're there for 30 minutes or 40 minutes, however long the media session is. So I said I'll go talk to him a little bit later. So I actually didn't hear anybody ask him any eligibility questions, and they had UK's. Um, most strict SID sitting right next to him. So if maybe a question was asked that they didn't like, I'm sure she probably stepped in and said, no, no, thank you. So I actually didn't hear any direct eligibility questions. I did talk to somebody afterwards and basically he just said he, he's was good. You know, he's not really, he's not allowed to talk about it, but he feels good that he's going to be fine. Nothing happened. So that's, that's all I can speak about that. The rest of the UK players, and I'll talk more about this later. Seems like, you know, this is like the most cliche, generic term you hear from a media day or when, you know, the first time you get to talk to a team is it does seem like a really close group. You get that a lot. But this group is kind of different in the sense that they all, again, maybe it is I'm just getting older, Trevor, but they all seem goofy. They seem like they're, you know. Teenagers? Kind of, yeah, teenagers. Well, they just they seem are. like they're teenagers. <laughs> uh, you know, I remember when you, we would, interview to Marcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. They were just so kind of boring to talk to. They they had a very lethargic look on their face, if, if that makes any sense. Uh, they just didn't really have to say much. And this group, there's not really any of them. They all, you know, were ear to smile and ear to ear, kind of being goofballs. Alex Poitras is still same old Alex Poitras. And he talks like this, and you can't really understand what he's saying. And he, he doesn't really want to talk to the media. He hasn't really. You sound like up. Doris Burke. <laughs> he he hasn't really opened up to us over the years, but that's okay. But everybody else, it's it's weird, Trevor. You don't get a team where everybody's so eager to talk, and most people are pretty good quotes. Tyler Ulis isn't the, you know, he's very well spoken, but he doesn't really like the media. He he's right up there with Alex Poitras, but everybody else just really enjoys talking to the media. Even Isaiah Briscoe, who used to hate it, I swear they did some Frankenstein operation on Isaiah Briscoe. <laughs> they brought him back to the lab. They they gave him a lobotomy and they switched some wires to where he is now very friendly. I don't get it. They hypnotized him and brainwashed him into liking the media. They they. I did, I did see many quotes that he was uh, very outgoing and very uh, laughable and, and, and was very fun to be around during the media days. And uh, there's a, one more interesting thing about media days. John Calipari, and this kind of this should worry you if you're a UK fan, said that this team isn't very tough. Well, said, you know, says that every the, year, come on. No, not, he, doesn't, he doesn't say it every year. He has said it before, but that always worries me when a coach says that, if you're going to buy into it, which I'm not 100. I need to see them practice again which hopefully I'll do after Big Blue Madness, but I need to see them practice again. But if a team is not tough and a team is soft, Trevor, that's not really something you can teach. Either players are, you know, kind of mean and nasty or they're not. Nah, and that was why... I think you can why, toughen up a player, but I, yeah, I don't think it's something think that you can, can be done yeah, overnight. I think you can toughen up a player, but you're not going to get a player to dip a shoulder into somebody. I'm not saying be a dirty player, but you're not going to, you know, either guys are going to try to get underneath other players' skins and... and 
not take any shoving or pushing, or you're going to have players that are just, you know, I'm going to play basketball. I don't care about that stuff. Yeah, very soft-spoken. They're not going to trash talk, so to speak. They're going to exactly. go They're going to they're yeah. play their game, and they're going to do this, and they're going to do that. And there's, you know, teams have won like that. But you do also have to have some attitude. You have to have some nastiness. You know, Carl Anthony Towns, he was a very friendly guy off the court. But on the court, he was kind of nasty. Yeah, well, he was kind of mean. Really, Carly Stein, same way. Were you, su- you know, they, surprised at all with it? Uh, I don't. I guess you wouldn't be, but uh, were you, or maybe uh, a little offset that, or surprised that that uh, he he did, did was pretty uh, forward about Tyler Ewes being the best player on his team. I man, I, I could talk about this for a long time. And, and I don't think it would surprise you or me because we are both Ewes fans. Yeah, we. So I, I, I like Ewes, but man, he was. John Calipari made a pretty big NBA pitch to NBA scouts about Tyler Ulis today. Yeah, he, I, I did, almost I read a lot of quotes. That's what kind of struck me, and he seemed very adamant and forward about it. wasn't just all, I think he's the best player in the team that moved on. He seemed, and there was a numer- couple of numerous quotes from him that he kind of seemed like he pressed on it to, to get his point across that he did feel like he was the best player and that he had an NBA feature. Wait, that, and it's not just so much the best player stuff, but he said that secondly, so that kind of opened my eyes like, oh my God, does he want Tyler Eulis to leave after this year? Is he trying to push him out? Because the first quote was Tyler, and this isn't word for word, this isn't verbatim, but he said, Tyler Eulis is what he is. He's not going to get taller. He's not going to be bigger. He's not going to get stronger. He is what he is because his decision-making could get better. He could become a better shooter. He could, what else did he say? I guess he could become a, a slightly better passer. But all those things are just things he's going to consistently get better at as his career goes on. He kind of is what he is right now. And when he originally said that, I said, whoa, okay. Uh, what, you know, what, what are you trying to say here? And then he said NBA scouts were asking about him, and some NBA team's going to want the exact player that he is right now. And then he goes on to sit, talk about how he's Kentucky's best player, and he said, all these other guys will have better draft value, but he's our best player, and that's what people need to realize. So well, I th- it, the, me, the quote that stuck out know. to me was he said, and can I tell you, it ain't even, it ain't close when referring yeah. to you as being the best player. Right, so he said it, it, it ain't close. I, that almost, I really, it does make you wonder, okay, is, is John Calipari trying to get Tyler Ulis out after this year? <laughs> I'm now, serious. Cal wouldn't do that, would he? He wouldn't push a guy to the NBA it, to, to replace him. No, and no, you're gonna, no. You're going you're gonna to have some good guards next year. Uh, you're going to have likely De'Aaron Fox. You could have Malik Monk. You just I really do wonder if that's John Calipari saying, okay, if I feel like Tyler Ulis can go after this year, I'll have a better case at landing so-and-so. Uh, it was weird. I, I don't disagree that Tyler Ulis is awesome. I don't disagree that he's going to play in the NBA someday. I don't think he's UK's best player. That's obviously Scal Labissier. But well, he could still be. Just because you're UK's best player on this college basketball team doesn't mean you're the best individual player. I mean, you can be the most impactful player on this college basketball team, which highly this could be, which would, you know, in some way garner you the title best player, but doesn't mean you're the most individually talented player. Well, I, I, you could also make the case that maybe Tyler Ulysses is the most important player, but that doesn't mean he's the most skilled player. True, but he did use the word skill. I don't remember seeing the word skill. But he's best. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know. I don't think anybody's going to, if you could pick one guy to have on your college team, I don't know if anybody's going to take Tyler Ulis over Scalabissier. No, 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 I don't, I don't think so. I'm back. So I, I, maybe, dra- maybe, maybe if you did a draft from the, uh, the let the nation pick the, the bones of this roster. Ulis would probably wouldn't go second either. I would think. I, 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 I love Tyler Ulis. I think he's great. He's a great college guard. Uh, 
I think so too. And he he very well Can may be, be Kentucky. He, he I think he very well may be Kentucky's most important player, but he's not their best player. You got to remember college basketball. In- you get, it's it's all about the backcourt winning a championship, and, and as good as your front court can be, if you ain't got the guards to play. You don't have the guard play. You're not going to win. I don't care who your front line is. That's true. You're going to struggle. And Kentucky was a prime example of that when you saw it with with Carl Anthony Towns and company. Oh, they Kentucky's guard play was fine. It they was fine, beat, but they, it they wasn't. Got, yeah, it wasn't. They got beat level. by a good team. They got beat by a good team. All right, we're going to head to a commercial break. We'll be right back here on 1450 the Sports Bus. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Hey, uh, what are you doing? You kidding me? She's hot as hell. Looking for a little slapping pickle. You sure you want to do this, man? You're drunk. I'm drunk. You're drunk. Everybody's drunk. Come on, bourbon. We're back here, 1450 The Sports Buzz. One final segment on a beautiful, just tremendous Wednesday afternoon. One more thing about Basketball Media Day. One more thing. And we're moving on to Batista's uh, uh, RBI double. That's that's exactly what we're moving on. You are still ahead of me, Trevor. So, one, if you're going to talk to Blue Jays, wait 30 seconds until the play happens. Gotcha. I don't know, I, I don't know if, for some reason, my AT&T U-verse at the house is slower than whatever you've got at the studio. Just... Well, you yeah, that would be a couple. That would be behind plugging cable. That makes sense. And by the so, way, you you knew that happened. We discussed it at the break, though. So it's not like yeah, I, I know. But then there was a double that just happened a second ago. And no, that was you know, Batista. Just slow it down. <laughs> that's that's all I'm asking. Just right. slow it down. I'm gonna try. But um, no problem. One more thing, and, and it has to do with the John Calipari quote about Rick Pitino. Okay. We already talked about it. We we both agreed that this is something he probably had, I don't know if you could say planned out, but he certainly said, okay, if somebody asks about Rick Pitino, this is, this is what I, I'll say something along these lines. And I think it was a pretty classy answer. I don't know why he thinks it, was in a, it wasn't appropriate to reach out to him. I guess maybe you, you want to have some time, but it's it's been almost two weeks now, Trevor, right? Or three weeks? Uh, it'll be, up, no, like, you're talking weeks, about right? with the, the Pino news? Yeah, two, two weeks. weeks right? on, two weeks on Friday. Yeah, okay. It seems uh, like two years already at this point, but yeah. I, you know, I don't know why he would think it was not appropriate. But the thing that kind of cracks me up about this is let's let's play shoes on the other foot. Ooh, it's I like favorite, that. It's, it's one of my favorite games. You take your shoe, you put it on somebody else's yeah, foot. Yeah, let's do that. So let's say UK and, and John Calipari are in trouble. Okay. And let's say Rick Pitino was asked about this because we both agree he would. Yes, obviously. There's a certain 
radio host that I could just imagine <laughs> saying, man, that Rick Pitino, that comment he had about John Calipari, who's in his toughest times, who's in such a dark place. That's why Rick Pitino is such a Louisville man. Let's play it from the Kentucky side. John Calipari is such a Kentucky guy. He's got all the integrity in the world. This is somebody that does things the right way, reaching out to somebody who doesn't. Having a classy quote. Be so easy for him to say, to rub it in his rival's face. But he's not like that. You know, you've got so many Kentucky fans that you are being jerks throughout Cal's not like that, but Tino's not like that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I switch back. Now I'm playing it from the Kentucky okay, side. Okay, you, you confused ta- me a little bit there. I, okay. I, I'm, I'm playing it from the Kentucky side, but talking as if I was a certain, you know, Louisville media member. <laughs> John Calipari's just a Kentucky guy. He stands for everything Kentucky guys stand for. He's got no issues in his past. He's perfect. Got a clean slate. Never, ever been in trouble. Never even been into, you know, not even, not even a sniff of trouble. Does things the right way, and he makes classy responses like this because he coaches a classy program that does things. He's a man of integrity more than anything. And, you know, be easy to. While, while, I'm, while I'm role-playing here, I just saw a Blue Jays guy just fly I was waiting for you to see that happen, by the what way. A, what a nerd. <laughs> what a nerd. I can't pronounce his name. I forget it. We, he, he was a late addition uh, from uh, Tampa. But, uh, yeah, I was waiting for you to see that. By the way, the Yates text in. You're probably behind me because you're watching in HD and I'm not, by the way, more than likely. Oh, that's, that, that's true, too. But it's just so funny. That was a very normal thing to say. Uh, just It's funny how things can, can be spun. I mean, do you think Patino, if, asked, if the roles were reversed and this was going on at Kentucky and uh, that could, now that was a strike. Uh, and if, if Patino was asked, do you expect him to say something different than the cookie cutter answer that Cal gave? Would you have expected him to come out and be no, like, no, hey, I would expect coaches to say this. Okay. 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 This I, is the professional thing to say. Maybe Bruce Pearl wouldn't say this. Well, yeah. Maybe no. That little Sweeney that was, probably would have been like, yeah, that's, that's that South was, Carolina for you. <laughs> that was old. That was old Bruce Pearl. Yeah, Steve Spurrier. You get him to talk about this, and he'd he'd be all over it. But uh, nine out of ten coaches are going to be incredibly professional. Rick Pitino would do the same. Yes. It's just you don't need to, you don't need to give John Calipari a nice little tap on the butt for being professional. That's what you need to remember. And it just crack it. As soon as I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh! If the, the shoe was on the other foot, and Rick Pitino had this quote, you'd have Louisville fans just talking about how great of a guy he was. <laughs> this is what you're supposed to do. You're not going to kick a coach. When are are there Kentucky media members who are complimenting Cal for his response and answer to that question? I saw some tweets just saying classy, classy, well, which it is classy. That's okay. I mean, yeah, but it's also expected. I mean, I, again, like you said, you don't expect them to come out and go, I'm not surprised they didn't caught, be caught doing this years ago, you know, or something like that. I'm like, I'm surprised Patino wasn't there with, with making it rain himself. I'm not, I mean, you know, you expect Cal to respond in those ways. I mean, of course not. Yeah, I agree. I, I just want to touch on He that. may think it. And Huge. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I would love to actually sit down with Cal, and he doesn't drink, but I'd love to have a few beers and say, what do you think about all that? You know, you'd get – I'm sure he's got some opinions on it. I'm oh, sure, I'm he, sure he does. I, I'm sure one way or the other, maybe he knows about it. Maybe – I don't know. I mean, those, some of those guys are guys that he recruited too. They Kentucky went after Antonio Blankney. Does you got to wonder when Blankney visited UK official if he was like, oh, this – this stuff's boring. I wonder how much it gets brought really up at IU's media day to Tom Crean regarding their uh, situation or involvement in the situation. I wonder. If oh, it'll certainly be brought up. I'm. I'm. I'll be curious to see how his reaction is because Tom, 
Tom Crean's another coach that maybe wouldn't be as uh, well. He's going to he's going to give us cookie cutter. I'd expect him to give a cookie cutter answer, but then again, I could see if he's asked if, if it irritates him, and and even if it's the first question, first time being asked the question, he may be irritated by it. I I, I could see him maybe getting defensive because he they do. While again, I don't listen. I know some little fans have gone out and getting mad at IU for what their supposed involvement when this is, but you know, I personally. Whether if they even if they did or did not turn you know, NCAA's investing, you know, given the, uh, into the ear of the NCAA involving investigation about um, with this, the book's coming out regardless. Yeah. So it's not like I mean, if, if I you had kept their mouth shut, that this no, no one would ever realize it again. So yeah, I mean, I you can't really blame. I, I I have no ill will towards IU regarding the situation at all. I, I think you'd be silly to have any ill will towards yeah, IU. But some little and, fans are. Some little fans are like they're those, those snitches. They're rats. They're you know they're they're, they're 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 Matt Damon and Departed. You know they're this and that. And well, there's dumb people in every fan base. By the way, into that movie with the rat on the ledge. Is that one of the cheesiest endings to a good movie you've ever seen? What movie? Departed, where he, when after I don't know water. if I've, I don't know if I've seen Departed. Oh wow, really? I don't know. You, you've seen The Martian, but you haven't seen Departed, you poor thing. I don't know if I have seen Departed. Uh, but anyways. Sport. Sorry. Anyways, there's a football game tomorrow, Trevor. There's a baseball game right now. <laughs> and I'm getting pretty pumped up for it. I, I, I think tomorrow's going to be one of those special days. Uh, it, the weather's going to be great. It's a Thursday night game. you got to go back to good old 1939, Trevor, for the last time UK hosted a Thursday night game. Really? You're going to a big-name opponent coming in. Yeah, they used to play Tennessee on Thanksgiving. Uh, they haven't hosted a Thursday night game since 1939. Now, I know they played in them. They, they've played in Thursday night I know they games. played they, in South played Carolina at least a half South dozen Carolina, times. Yeah. They've played at Mississippi State not that long ago under Mark Stoops. Uh, but, no, they haven't played a – they haven't hosted a Thursday night game in a very, very long time. Yeah, that's a very – that is a pretty long time. I, I did not know that. I would never be one guess of those, that. It's going to be. I, I, they originally were saying it was first game ever, and somebody was first Thursday game ever. They, somebody had to dig that up. How would you like to be the little intern that had to figure <laughs> that out? The 1939 was the. Oh, going through the going through the year by year reference page and looking at the schedule. Oh man, that's a good 30 minutes of going through every year. Going okay, and what day is this? On what day is this? Like, because I don't even think uh, College Football Reference even goes that far back in terms of how well they put the schedule up. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't think so. I. That's my go-to. I don't go-to know, I don't know side, where they. I, mean. I don't. Yeah, I, I use that too. I don't know exactly when they start or when they begin. But it's gonna be. It's gonna. The game itself. will I'll, I'll talk more about it later today. We'll talk about it all day tomorrow. It's a big game for Kentucky. It's a big game for Auburn too. If Auburn loses that, they're not going to a bowl. We will be doing the show. How many losses Auburn have already? Three. They've got three. If I'm not three or two, that. Uh, but I'm pretty sure three. If I'm not mistaken. They've lost to Mississippi State. Uh, they they are oh, they only have two. Yeah, LSU, so the, the, LSU Mississippi not over State. If they lose, I mean, well, if they can't win at Kentucky, then you probably don't feel great about them winning at Arkansas. Oh. They're not going to beat Ole Miss at home. They're not going to win at Texas A and M, and then that Georgia game. You don't like their chances winning that Let's game. Let's be Maybe honest, TJ. Even if they won at Kentucky, I still wouldn't feel great about their chances winning at Arkansas or any other game. You just oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it really, yeah. it's a well. The Ar- the Arkansas, if they can win at Kentucky, they can win at Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, quite possibly. Yeah, I mean, they could. But but they could win at Kentucky and lose at Arkansas. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But if they lose at Kentucky, you probably don't feel great about them winning at Arkansas. And uh, they've got Alabama to close out the year. It, it, they could beat Kentucky and still not make a bowl game, to be honest. This might be a, a team that doesn't go bowling. That being said, big game for both teams. Yeah, Auburn, Auburn's trying to salvage something, and Kentucky, 
you're not far away from it being a dream season. And it, it maybe it starts on Thursday with a win. We will be broadcasting live from Clay's famous tailgate in Lexington, Kentucky, just next to Commonwealth Stadium. Trevor, the, the people of Clay's famous want to know if you're going to make an appearance. Uh, I would love to. Unfortunately, um, we will be airing Western and North Texas game at 630 tomorrow. Uh, so uh, while I don't have to, our game is for the radio terms is automated. Uh, I still uh, have been requested to be here just to make sure everything goes smoothly. Well, the, our, our show ends at 530. Yeah, but I can't get back to the studio by seven, by 630. I mean, I guess maybe I could. The traffic's going to be coming into town, not out of town. Oh, maybe uh, I I might. And and couldn't you get, you know, Douglas or somebody to fill for you for a few hours? I'm just saying the people of Clay's famous once you I want to be there. there. By the way, just a quick note. uh, Last last time they did play on Thursday, do you know what the score that game was? The Tennessee or the they played a Thursday at home or played on Thursday Thursday home game, 1939. I'm looking at it right now. I think Tennessee what they beat them 19 to nothing or that something. That is correct. Number four, Tennessee. Yeah. That was uh, the last yeah. game of the season, by the way, in a nine game season. Uh, that's, um, uh, there's a really funny quote from that game and I, I'm going to try to pull it up. <laughs> what? Really. No one's alive that played in it. <laughs> no, yeah, that, <laughs> A quote from the game. Trevor, you think that'd be the quote from the game? <laughs> Next time we play here on Thursday night, none of us will be alive. <laughs> I, I do want to find this quote for you, but uh, so we will be broadcasting. If you're a Kentucky fan, you're going to be out there tomorrow. Feel free to stop by. The show starts at four. We'll go to five thirty. I'm hoping everything works out with uh, connectivity. I don't think that'll be an issue. By the way, 30, 1935 was the last Kentucky win at home on a Thursday night against Tennessee. Twenty seven. Was that against Tennessee? Yep. Oh, we we've got something playing. I apologize. Yeah, I heard that. But uh, we're good now. Okay. Let's see. I, I want to read some of these quotes from 1939. From 1939, the game they, um, they lost, uh, and they wouldn't. They lost in 1939 and wouldn't beat Tennessee again until 1953, ooh. which is a which is a bummer. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> Let's. Uh, I, I'm still. I'm still trying to find it. Um, Was Tennessee the, even the, playing Vanderbilt still last game of the season? Because I mean, that looks like it was the last game of the year in that, in that era. I don't remember specifically. Here's the quote. Uh, yeah, they played Vanderbilt before Kentucky then. And I guess Tennessee, I guess the year 1938, Tennessee beat Kentucky 46 to nothing. And I guess a reporter said, asked, how are you going to keep make the game closer? How are you going to stop them from running up the score? And Joe Shepard, UK's quarterback, said, what are you talking about holding the score down? Listen here, our boys are ready. Understand, they are ready. And that Tennessee team is in for a beating. <laughs> that Tennessee team, by the way, went 11-0 and and uh, beat Oklahoma in the national championship. I like Joe Shepard's confidence. <laughs> and, and I think Kentucky fans are going to have to take the spirit of Joe Shepard into tomorrow night's game. you got to think to yourself, that Auburn team's in for a beating. <laughs> Regardless of the fact that the last time Kentucky and Auburn played, Auburn won. Now, they didn't win 46 to nothing. They, they were lucky to win. In a, in a game that they later went on to win the national title. But you, you got to have that Joe Shepard attitude. And Joe Shepard was the quarterback? He was the quarterback. How did Joe Shepard do in that game? I, they, unfortunately, they don't, they don't list uh, box score for 1938. Uh, there was 19,000 19, people there at I, Old Stoll Field. All I can tell you is the date and, uh, and, and the score. It doesn't list the box score, unfortunately. Oh, it doesn't even list like a play. It doesn't even list stats for that year. 
for Kentucky, i.e., like the player stats in any way. It was a ugly weather day. It was raining. I can tell you, A.D. Kerwin was the coach. But that, remember that tomorrow when you head into the Kentucky game, have that Joe Shepard attitude. We won't find <laughs> out who Auburn's quarterback is, Trevor, until they have the ball. They're going the Bobby Petrino route. We won't know who's going to be Auburn's starting quarterback. My guess is, and my sources are telling me it's going to be Jeremy Johnson. Is that good news, bad news for Kentucky? And, and also, how long is the leash for Jeremy, though? I mean, is he going to be out there for one series, play poorly, and then um, I'm drawing a blank on the white guy's name. Uh, Sean White. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean that. Uh, yeah, if he comes in, yeah. I mean, how long is the short leash going to be? And if you are Kentucky, who do you prefer to see? I mean, is White how well, That's what I'm asking you. Who do you – Who, if you are Kentucky, I, is, who would you rather see? I didn't watch the San Jose State game, uh, so uh, answer me this question before I, answer, before I answer your question. Is Sean White a mobile quarterback in any way? Uh, no. He's a, he's a statue? I, I'm, sure, I'm sure he could take off maybe like a Tom Brady-type runner. Okay. You know, if he had if he had to, he could. Uh, but it's it's that's not part of that's not part of his repertoire. That being said, I, I <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't see Brady's a really mature runner. Um, I'd probably I'd say if I'm Kentucky, that I'd want to lean towards the least athletic quarterback because neither one, at least statistically, and at least and like I said, I didn't watch the San Jose State game, but neither one, at least especially White, has shown me at least that he can even blow you away by being in the pocket. And I know Johnson can't. So if I'm UK, I'd rather play the guy that at least, if they're both going to suck in the pocket, I'd rather play the guy who sucks both in the pocket and on the run, opposed to a guy that may suck in the pocket, i.e. Jeremy Johnson, but can maybe at least get out of the pocket slightly. While he's not a mold, he's not Michael Vick by any sense of the word, but he is at least a little more mobile and agile. Well, a quick look through some of their box scores. Uh, Sean White, actually has rushed, ha- has a lot of rushing attempts. And I don't know if that's maybe because they had... The you spread the you know, read option. Well, maybe that. I don't know. Maybe if the pocket collapsed and he had to run. Uh, but he did have 11 carries in the game against Mississippi State. And then uh, against... Yeah, he's 15 San for 47. Jose, S- San Jose State, he rushed four times. So maybe he is a better runner than I, than I made him out to be. I, I was... I just remember from his high school days two years ago uh back then you know he ran but that wasn't part of nobody recruited him as a dual threat quarterback or anything along those lines so i think i would look at maybe sean white as a poor man's patrick tolls so uh well now if he's as mobile as tolls though because johnson's i'm saying poor i'm saying i'm saying a poor man okay where Uh, he he can take off but i i I couldn't imagine scenario he's a bigger quarterback both jeremy johnson and sean white are pretty big guys six feet 200 pounds is that all? Yeah, that's I'm kind of surprised me to be honest with you too. When I clicked on him, I well, thought he was going to be like six four. He's listed. I uh, now granted you're making this, me you're, you're you're making me look bad. I did actually think he was taller, but still two hundred pounds too. is still that's still a muscular guy when that's mostly all muscle. I mean, it's six so foot. I mean, at six feet, usually your six foot guys are a little more mobile than than you would expect. Yeah, and that's true too. Johnson, but he's six, a guy five, that forty. And Jeremy, I mean, he's huge. Yeah. He he's a big guy. Uh, you got Patrick Tolles, who's six foot five, two forty two. Neither one so, have the hair that Tolles has, though. So maybe you know, maybe Sean White is a better rusher than I than I made him out to be. I didn't think he was either. I mean, like I said, he's got fifteen carries for forty seven yards. You point out those accumulated in the two games that he's played. But I mean, again, we're also talking about San Jose State, who's not a very good team, even though they struggled to win. And who was the other game he played in? Missouri. 
I mean, Mississippi State. Or Mississippi State. I'd, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to see. I mean, he could have had one carry but for. He's got fi- he's he's got 15 rushes on the year for 48 yards. Was there, what's White the, what's that's, the long? That's not, the long is a, he had a 31-yarder against Mississippi State. Okay, so, 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 not, so 85% of his yards are on one carry. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So, again, I, I, I would – when we're debating the athleticism between Jeremy Johnson and Sean White, you still are going to lean with Jeremy Johnson. Even though Sean White may be shiftier than we thought. <laughs> Although I really did. I've, I've seen pictures He's of wiry. him. He's wiry. And I've seen him standing next uh, and I've seen him standing next to Jeremy Johnson. I really, 6'1 six, six is crazy to me. No, he's listed. Again, this is college football reference, so I mean, it, it doesn't take you for what it's worth, but they're pretty accurate. I mean, he's listed at 6 foot 300. 300. Six foot two hundred pounds on their website. Okay, well, I, I'm getting anyway. So we don't have to split hairs over how big. Just, I did think he was bigger. I uh, thought he uh, was too. It makes you feel so, better. But anyways, 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 we 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 have gotten way off subject in debating Sean White. Uh, obviously, a quarterback that we don't know all that much about. Nobody, nobody really should know too much about him. He was a guy that nobody thought was going to play this year, and was only brought in because Jeremy Johnson struggled so much. Uh, I still think if you're Kentucky, you'd still rather have. Sean White, he's never taken a snap in a road game. Yeah. He, he hasn't played in a big atmosphere. He's, he got to play against Mississippi State, which was a big game, but that was at home. And he actually played okay in that game. Uh, he did, he did win two Olympic medals, though. was pretty bad. Okay, well, that's fun. Uh, that <laughs> doesn't really help us now. I'm, I'm just joking. I'm referring to the, the other Sean White. To the skater, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Doesn't help us now. Um. <laughs> If you're Kentucky, I, I I still think you'd rather see Sean White. It kind of is similar to the Maddie Mock Drew Locke debate that we had before the Missouri game, so and they did bring in Drew Locke, and he did play pretty and he did play pretty well. They ended up going with Maddie Mock, who did not play all that great, and Kentucky got the win. Uh, so maybe <laughs> and since Maddie Mock has been kicked off the team, I, w- I wish I wish we ended this. He has. Uh, I, I don't know if he's been officially kicked off yet, but I, I think he's probably going. I think he's been suspended for the entire year and probably won't be back with the team would be my guess. But I wish at the end of the segment we had an answer for you, which quarterback you'd rather see if you're Kentucky. But the fact of the matter is neither one is great. Kentucky's defense should win this matchup between quarterback and defense. And maybe you see both of them. Maybe they, they've they got a, a – an athlete that plays wide receiver and used to play quarterback in high school. Maybe you see some of him too. You what know, was it could the name be of a that guy? Anything. The, uh, that one for the Tennessee game. Oh, Matt Rourke. Yeah, Matt Rourke. I want to keep wanting to say Matt Jones, but Matt Rourke, yeah. No, there's plenty of Matt Jones out there. That wasn't one of them. Yeah. Matt Rourke was the one that did that. And well, Matt I, th- I think I think quarterback to wide receiver. Athletic. I always think of Arkansas as Matt Jones for some reason. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, we, we we he had a he had a little bit of a drug problem, didn't he? Yeah, which one, Rourke or Jones? Because <laughs> Jones, Matt definitely, Jones, yeah, there yeah, oh a- yeah, no, yeah, he he had a little, he he enjoyed uh, hanging out with Pablo Escobar a little too much. Heard an interesting stat on Pablo Escobar yeah. last night. He supposedly in his prime made so much money that he spent two thousand five hundred dollars a month just on rubber bands to to keep his money contained. I heard that too, and I'm That's not. And crazy. I also heard another thing that I also heard another thing that like rats. He had so much money that he had a store, and like rats ate like a few million dollars. I think that was on Bad I'm Boys. Not, I'm not buying. I that. think that was on the movie Bad Boys too. 
That's I, I doubt <laughs> that's um that Jason Smith is the athlete that you could see play. We don't know what to expect, and we won't know until they get out on the field. But again, if you're Kentucky, you've got to like that matchup regardless. And I have said if Kentucky just plays their game, they will be fine. Uh, it does look like Corey Johnson, CJ Johnson may be able to go on Saturday, and that would be good news for UK if that's the case. Uh, certainly something to, to keep an eye on. Uh, he's been on a tear lately. We'll be back tomorrow, and we will. It, the atmosphere will be crazy. I hope you can join us. Am I riding with you if uh, I go we'll up there, of, by the way? You're well, because no, because I'm not, I doubt I'd be riding home with you. But yeah, but I you know you've you've got the uh, you've got the car that has very that, that's great on gas. Nah, you want to ride with me? We 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 can talk about this later. Right. Uh, but join us at Clay's famous tailgate. It's uh, right on Avenue of Champions at the, or alumni. Well, I'll tweet it out. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow fourteen. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow fourteen fifty. The sports bus.